Are you one of those people who believe that anything is possible as long as you put your mind to it? Well, while this notion may seem empowering, it's really crucial to consider the limitations and realities of pursuing your passion. In this episode, I'm going to delve into the three dangers of blindly following personal growth models like follow your bliss and anything is possible. And I'm also going to explore what yoga wisdom has to teach us about finding true fulfillment. So stay tuned. Hey there, and welcome to the Karmic Warrior podcast, where the ancient wisdom of yoga meets modern day spirituality. In this show, we talk about living an extraordinary life by practicing time-proven teachings of yoga traditions. I'm your host, Lisa Ingalls Witter. I'm a psycho-spiritual counselor, meditation teacher, and creator of the Karmic Warrior Oracle. In this podcast, I explore the timeless teachings of non-dual tantra and yoga wisdom traditions and how they can help us live more harmonious, connected, and fulfilling lives. Whether you're a seasoned practitioner or just starting out on your spiritual path, my mission is to demystify these ancient teachings and to dispel popular myths that may prevent us from recognizing our true nature and embodying our inherent potential. Be sure to subscribe to my channel if you haven't already and click the notification bell because I publish new episodes just like this one on a regular basis. There's this popular adage, I know you've heard it before in the personal growth world, which is, Anything is possible. You hear it all over the place. Anything is possible. Nothing is impossible. You can do anything you put your mind to. And the corollary to that motto of the personal development realm in the spiritual circles is follow your bliss or um, follow your passion. Well, follow your bliss, of course, comes from Joseph Campbell, which we'll get to a little bit later in the podcast and what that really means. But What I want to speak about in today's podcast is that even though these mottos or even mantras seem really, really empowering, I want to talk about something that a lot of people don't talk about, which is the hidden dangers behind making these mottos or these mantras like your lifelong mantras and mottos. And I come to this from my own personal experience as someone who I really held on to these mottos for many, many years of um, anything is possible. In fact, I I would at a certain point in my life say that I hated, had a strong aversion to two words, I can't. I didn't like it if my clients told me I can't because I believe that anything is possible, right? I really held onto this motto. Um, and then on the, the other side of it, like I said, the, the spiritual in the spiritual world, there's the that corollary is follow your passion or follow your bliss. And I've also held 
this mantra true to heart for much of my lifetime as well as I've never done anything in terms of my work in the world that I didn't feel passionate about, that I didn't feel was my true purpose. And because of that, I've never had a quote unquote real job as a lot of people would say. I've never worked in corporate. I've always been an independent contractor. I've always been self-employed and uh, built my own businesses. And I say businesses because I have had more than one business and I've done it multiple times throughout the course of my life. But like I said, what I wanna do in this podcast is look at three dangers of blindly following these mottos of anything is possible and follow your passion or follow your bliss. And then in the second half of our episode together, what I wanna do is look at what following your bliss actually means from a yogic perspective. So let's dive in and just get right into what are these dangers of blindly following your passion or following your bliss without really considering the practical realities or limitations of following your bliss, of following your, your passion? Again, as I, I mentioned a, a few moments ago, we often hear people say things like anything is possible. And I, I like I said, I've always said that too. Like that was a mantra of mine for many, many, many years. And even now I hear people saying, all you need to do is focus, put your attention on something, work really hard. And as long as you stay focused and you work hard and you stay focused on that thing that you want, it'll come. The truth is that's not necessarily true. And I found that out over the years, sort of the hard way. And I know that a lot of other people who are self-employed or even in this world of the coaching industry found out or have found out that's not quite so true. You can really work, you can work really hard at something and not attain your goal. Why? Because there are so many factors that are outside of your control that makes something happen in your life. And this is this is really key because the the idea that we can have anything, that we can do anything, that anything is possible is sort of like this magical thinking. Oh, at, you know, if I just raise my vibrations, if I just keep good vibes, then anything is possible. It's not true. It's just not true. Now, I'm not saying that it's that it won't happen because obviously hard work is necessary for you to achieve your goals. But specifically when we're talking about following your passion, this can be a very dangerous, dangerous mindset. Now let's look at three reasons why this can be very, very dangerous. Number one is burnout. And um, when we follow our passion, when we follow our bliss in the way that it's talked about in, in general out there, you have to put in a lot of work, right? You don't just um, 
up one day and quit your job and say, I'm going to follow my passion and then boom, like all of a sudden you're, you're living your purpose and you're working your purpose. No, a lot of hard work goes into it. And I see this happening over and over and over again, not only with um, in the realm of coaches, but in many other realms, I've seen people quit their day jobs in order to open up um, uh, retreat centers or um, this type of thing in order to take on a really big project that's like their Dharma project. It's my passion. It's what I'm here to do. And they put all of their time and all of their energy into it. And they, they lose perspective and lose the balance that you have to have in life in order to have the energy to keep going. And then they face and encounter burnout. And I don't mean burnout just mentally. I mean physically. I've seen this happen with so many people, so many friends in my life who've um, worked so hard for their passion that they have literally drained their adrenal glands and become really, really sick to the point where they were down and out and literally couldn't do anything else because they worked so hard and put so much into their passion that they got blindsided, right? So burnout is one really, really big thing that we have to pay attention to. It's so important when we're following our passion that we, as we do that, that we're naturally making time for our own self-care and rest and recovery to avoid burnout. If you saw my other uh, video that I did on the number one thing that you need on the spiritual path, the very first thing that you need is a little bit of R&R time. Rest and recovery needs to be put into your daily routine. So the same is true when we're following our passion. It's so easy to get burnout. So it's even that much more important to have a self-care routine. Now, the second thing that comes up or the second danger in following your passion and, and having this mindset that anything is possible is your financial resources. Now, whether it was because I was um, naive or uh, or circumstances or whatever, like I said in the beginning, I never have had a real job. I've never worked for anyone else. I've never been an employee for someone else. I've always been self-employed. So I haven't known anything different. And I actually grew up, so to speak, with financial instability, meaning I've weathered ups and downs in my finances just because that's all I knew. And it just became normal and it's okay with me. I know that as someone who's self-employed, that's going to happen. But if you're someone who is transitioning from a job, a corporate job, a big J-O-B, into following your passion, you have to be prepared financially. And a lot of people don't realize how much money it actually takes to build a business because this is what we're talking about and following our passion and even if it's just a passion project it's going to take money 
it takes money to do these things. It takes money to live your purpose in this way. And financial instability is just a, um, it will be a given on this path. I mean, it doesn't have to be a given. I don't want to say like, oh, you're going to be, you know, good times and bad times, but it's sort of true. <laughs> you have to be able to, to weather these financial storms. So following your bliss, I'm not saying that it will absolutely result in financial instability but what I am saying is that you need to make sure that you are financially stable ahead of time before you decide to go do this thing it's important to have a plan for generating your income and many people who want to follow their bliss and follow their passion aren't very good business people they're coming from being an employee and not understanding what it means to run a business, what it means to build a business. And those are those are two, even those two things are, are big enough in and of themselves, right? So it's very, very important to have a, a solid financial plan to support your passion or your bliss in order to not only avoid physical mental and emotional burnout, but financial burnout as well. So financial instability is the second big thing that happens uh, or can happen when we're following our bliss. Third danger, third pitfall that we need to look out for is relationships. Relationships are everything. And again, I've seen this happen many, many times that relationships get sacrificed in the pursuit of following one's bliss. It's very easy to get so focused and narrow-minded that I need to do my thing and I'm following my bliss that everything else gets put to the side, including our most important relationships. I'll admit that this was a really, really hard one for me as a single parent for many years and having my own business and being self-employed but also wanting to be present for my daughter required me to really do some juggling so that I wouldn't so that I wasn't sacrificing my relationship with my daughter so that I was present for her and even then for many years when she was a little girl she would say oh do you have to are you still working are you still you know on the weekends why are you on your computer? Are you still working? So like, these are the things that when you, when you look back, you don't want to say, oh my God, I missed out on that relationship. So with this in mind, we really want to be sure that we're balancing, that there's this balance between pursuing our passion or pursuing our bliss and maintaining strong relationships with our friends, with our family, with those people, with our, our closest inner circle of community who are gonna support us in following our passion. So again, the three pitfalls or the three dangers we need to be aware of when we're doing this thing of following our passion 
our burnout, financial instability, and sacrificing our relationships. So let's sort of begin to unpack what Joseph Campbell actually meant when he said, follow your bliss, because it's been misinterpreted over many, many years, over the last decades. And one of my teachers, Christopher Wallace, also known as Harish Wallace, wrote an amazing blog post on this. I'll be sure to put the link below this video for you in the description so you can go ahead and check that out. Um, and in this blog, Christopher talks about how Joseph Campbell studied the spiritual traditions of India. And at a certain point in his studies, he was meditating on this Vedantic phrase, which is Satchitananda. And that is really just a compound word, sat, which means being, chit, which means consciousness, and ananda, which means bliss or rapture. And Satchitananda is our true nature. It's what you are. It's what I am. And it's through very specific spiritual practices that you come to have the direct reala realization of your true nature as being consciousness and bliss. So as Christopher Wallace talks about it in his blog, he says that during meditation, what happened is Joseph Campbell realized that he didn't know the true nature of his being or his consciousness, but that he knew what bliss was. He had accessed or had had direct experience of bliss or rapture. And so he decided to follow that. He decided to follow that bliss. And in this particular moment of insight, he was able to correctly intuit of, that any accurate experience of being consciousness or bliss would lead to the other two. So if you have an accurate experience, direct experience of bliss, you can also access direct experience of being and consciousness, right? So as a result, what Campbell did is he coined this phrase, follow your bliss, which in his usage ended up be totally diverging from the Vedantic contemplation and it came to mean something like do what you love, <laughs> right? So what does it really mean to follow your bliss and how can we use these teachings of yoga wisdom to support us in following our bliss? So what we have to understand is that in yogic teachings, bliss is not a feeling. It's not even it's not even a state of consciousness, right? So the difference between bliss, what we would in, in yoga call bliss and what it, in for all intents and purposes we would call happiness is that bliss and this is very, very important. If you don't get anything in this entire podcast except this one thing, this is it. Bliss is not dependent on outer circumstances being a certain way in order to 
have the experience of bliss. All right. Bliss is independent of outer circumstances. Happiness, on the other hand, happiness is dependent on outer circumstances playing out in a certain way for us to feel and experience happiness. And yes, some people, I've had some people say, oh, that's just semantics, but it's important. It's very important to make this distinction between happiness and bliss, because as most people speak of happiness and lasting happiness, um, they, they think that happiness is dependent on certain things happening in a certain way. So happiness becomes dependent. Bliss is independent of anything, right? So to experience this type of bliss requires certain spiritual practices that anyone can do, that anyone can experience. And I have a few of those types of meditations here on my channel on YouTube, which I'll also make sure to put the links below, but it's not just any types of practices. So I always tell people, you got to be careful when you're out there on YouTube or Insight Timer or Calm and all these different places where you can access meditations because most of the meditations out there are not going to get you to the experience of bliss, <laughs> even though they might, they might use that word in, in the title. They're not, they're not designed to do that. It requires very specific, um, direct experience types of meditations. So the beauty of bliss is that it's unshakable. I like to say it's unshakable. No matter what ups and downs in life you might be experiencing, bliss can never be disrupted if you are abiding in it, if you have discovered and realized it for yourself. So one more important concept that I want to talk about just as we close up here or before we close up here is this concept of desire because desire fits into all of this. People think, okay, just follow my passion. What's my deepest heart's desire? What is, what am I desiring? So most of our desires arise when we aren't abiding in our true nature. Okay. When we aren't abiding in our true nature and remember that our true nature is bliss. That is what our true nature is. So what happens when we're not abiding in our true nature is we get this very distinct feeling. It might be subtle, it might be strong, but it's this feeling that something is missing. I can't quite put my finger on it. I don't know what it is. And then we start to long for something more. We're longing for that bliss that we are, but we're turning our attention away from our true nature, away from what we are, and we're looking in the wrong direction. We start seeking outside of ourselves to find that thing in order to feel the thing that we are. So what happens is we think I need to get things and we 
this desire builds within us. I need, I have this desire to acquire things or I have this desire to get rid of things in order to feel what we inherently, what we intuitively know we already are, which is bliss. So we find those things, we acquire those things, we acquire that relationship or that money or we start doing what we think is our purpose we start living on purpose and in purpose and all of these things and we find happiness but it's temporary right because happiness is dependent on things outside of us going a certain way so that happiness subsides, it goes away, and here we are, we're back again, feeling that feeling that something is missing. When that something is actually right here, <laughs> it's what you are. And that cycle begins over and over, and we just repeat this cycle, and this is part of our um, karmic patterns that we get pulled into. So from the perspective of yoga wisdom, following your bliss requires a very, very deep listening to the subtle and gentle whispers of your heart. And when I say heart, I do not mean emotions. I mean that intuitive faculty of consciousness that is relatively free of emotion. In fact, it's it lies beneath all of the noise of emotion. A lot of people mistake their emotions for their intuition and think, I know, I know so, so deep in my heart that this is my passion and I need to follow it. Well, is it or is that just your ego? Disguised as, you know, a spiritual seeker or disguised as, you know, some altruistic person, who knows? But this is oftentimes what it is. And the litmus test is that when you take action on those things, they don't end in lasting and abiding happiness or bliss. They eventually end up leading to a longing, a desire for something more. And we begin that cycle again in that search. So really following your bliss is about listening to your heart and the deeper intuitive calling. And as my teacher, Christopher Wallace, says um, that sometimes um, your intuition, your heart, this deeper underlying whisper is going to tell you to do things that you don't really want to do. <laughs> it doesn't care. This intuitive faculty of consciousness doesn't care what the ego wants. It only cares about what's beneficial to the greater whole, which includes you. But it might not lead you in the direction that you think you should be going. So if we go all the way back to the beginning of 
the, the, our episode back to this idea of following your bliss, go for it. A thousand percent, go for it, right? Be aware of the dangers of following your bliss, especially if what you think, if you think you're following your bliss and you're really following ego disguised as some spiritual seeker or ego disguised as some art altruistic um, endeavor because that happens more than we like to admit. When you truly follow your bliss, it's not necessarily easy. <laughs> it's not all unicorns and rainbows. It's a hard trek and it's, it requires keeping yourself grounded in reality and dealing with things like finances and not having um, magical thinking that, oh, just because I'm following my bliss and my passion, I'm going to be provided for because that's not true. And a lot of people have found that out the hard way. And I don't want you to find that out the hard way. So following your bliss will a thousand percent be a wild and messy journey. It'll also be very, very beautiful journey. Um, and it's a journey that will ultimately lead you to lasting bliss and harmony and fulfillment in the face of life's greatest challenges. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode of the Karmic Warrior Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to my channel. And until next time, be safe, be well, and namaste.